Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And we're getting to know the industry one conversation at a time. Hey, everyone. Hello, hello. Welcome. Hi, Sarah. Hi. I noticed you were doing some weird ASMR moves on your mic before we got on. Yeah, it sounds kind of like, I don't know if you can hear it. It sounds like a little gong drum. Gong. Make, yeah, can you... I don't know if that's picking up can, at all, but yeah, I'm no. making gong drum not, sounds. Not a fan. Can you stop? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let me uh, let me tell you about our guest. We got a cool guest. He's going to talk about some things that are pretty interesting that I'm not totally familiar with, which... Um, and I which think we love. These are the conversations we love. We, we get do. to learn. So Mr. Elliot Kimmel is here with us. He is a principal um, and a... At uh, Assessment Appeal Advisor, welcome and thank you for being on with us, Elliot. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Kimmel, no relationship to Jim. Probably right? the uh, <laughs> most common question that I get, but no, I'm not, I'm not that no, no claim to fame original. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that original with questions. All right, Sarah, you ask your question. That was dumb. Well, let's get into this. I know you work with. I'm most interested, I think, in the tax appeal tax appeal stuff that you do. But let's just hear about what you do at your firm first. Sure. So I've been a licensed broker and tax appeal agent for 13 years. We specialize in appealing values anytime that someone disagrees that they're paying too much. So if you buy a property and the market goes down or COVID or other issues with it, we go to court against the assessor's office. Three judges hear the case. And if we're successful, then the client gets a refund. And so that's essentially the high level of what our business model is. Well, it's great. That's a good start. Let's sort of back up a little bit. I think most people know this, but just just to delve into it, because you're clearly the expert on this. We're talking about property tax. Mm -hmm. And in California or Southern California, where we're at, property tax is generally assessed at 1%. So give us kind of the the basics. You you buy a property, you can be paying property tax. Is it 1%? How How does that all work? Yeah, great question. So Prop 13 is you are protected when you buy a property that your purchase price should be enrolled and you'd be paying 1% plus junk fees. Junk fees being direct assessments. That's your school, your water, all the stuff that's at the top. So in general for LA County, property taxes are between 1.15 and 1.2, but 1% is that Prop 13. And then all the other stuff is taking care of the community and all the other fees that go into it. So that assessed value is factored into whatever your price is. And then that goes up 2% each year. So typically it's less than inflation and property values will go up significantly, but you're still locked in at just that 2% incremental increase. And tell me in what situations, if if you can kind of rattle off a list, if you know off the top of your head, at what point does a property get reassessed? Obviously, when you buy something, that's your locked-in reassessment right there. What else? Does, does reassessment happen at refinance? Does it happen when you add an addition? At what point do you get reassessed for a higher value? Yeah, great question as well. So looking at this, there's only a reassessable event if there is a change in ownership, meaning Elliot owned all of the property, and then I add someone that could actually be just a 50% change in assessment, and then you'd have a blended base here. Or if I sell a property, that that person gets it and it's reassessed. Or if I gift it to someone, that property is reassessed. We have partial reassessments when you have new construction. So new construction would be 
what is the value of adding something? So you buy a house and you tear it down. Well, your land value will remain the same. You're still protected under Prop 13. So you buy the lot for $2 million. And then once you complete construction, you would have a new construction bill and a blended assessment. So the assessor's office might say, great, you finish your construction. We think the house is worth $5 million. We're going to add $3 million for the new improvements. So that would be a reassessable event, but only on the improvement portion. Same with people adding ADUs. If you add an ADU, you'll get a partial new construction for whatever they believe that the value is of adding that structure. I have a question. Let's say you bought at the top of a market and it goes down and now you have a reassessment. Can your property taxes go down because of that? Definitely. So that's probably the majority of the appeals that we did between 2009 through about 2016 is what's called decline in value. So you have the ability to appeal and that's what we do is saying, hey, I bought this house for $4 million. The market just crashed and now it's only worth $2.5 million. Well, the assessor's office wants to keep values as high as possible. That's tax revenue. We want to obviously have the values be as fair or as low as possible. So we go and we show recently comps that sold in the market as close to a valuation date, which the valuation date every year is January 1st. So both the assessor's office and our office are looking, what are the sales comps indicating as of January 1st of each year? If we can prove that the value is in fact lower, then the client would be getting a refund based on that difference. And going back to reassessment, so to kind of to finish your thought, what are the scenarios when properties don't get reassessed? I think like refi, there, there are a few scenarios where you're not going to get reassessed. Is that correct? Yeah. As long as you keep all parties the same, there's never going to be it. a reassessment. So that's kind of the, the rule of thumb. Okay. It's just if I had it and I still have it, then there's no reassessment. If Elliot has it in my personal name and then I put it in my trust, that is not going to be a reassessment. But if Elliot has it and I put it in my trust with my best friend, that is a reassessment. If I put it into an LLC and it's 100% Elliot before and 100% Elliot after, that's not reassessable. But if I add a whole bunch of people that are in this business LLC, you will be reassessed for whatever change in percentage ownership there is. What about when someone inherits a property? If someone passes away, does that... So does we've that seen a that? lot of turmoil in what Prop 19 is which is the new law that just took effect within the last year and a half. So inheritance really has changed pretty dramatically throughout the state in the last year and a half. Before you were protected, what's called under parent to child or grandparent to child, where you'd have a million dollar exclusion for investment properties or fully protected if it was from mom and dad giving the property to me after they pass. Now the law is, is very complicated and unfortunately hurts just regular individuals. And we're starting to see a lot of Prop 19 appeals happen. So the new law with that is if my parents pass away, I literally have to move into their old home. Their home might not be anywhere near where I live. And if I do all those steps, I now only get a million dollar exclusion and the rest would be fully reassessed. Real-time figures, wow. this is actually really impacting people. And we've already started having the first set. I believe actually we were the first company to have a Prop 19 appeal in LA County. And thankfully it was successful, but it's, it's very targeted. And, and what that comes down to is lobbyists and realtors and what the law actually passed as. The best way to indicate is if you're alive, it's great. You get to take your tax basis to any county. 
So our parents, you know, as they're getting older, if they lived in a two-story and they want to move, they can take that tax basis multiple times, up to three times. But in my personal opinion, the moment that they pass away, that inheritance tax is just, it's not favorable. It'll, it'll be interesting to see oh, if so, it changes. So this is new, right? This is the new. Prop 19 yeah. just passed. So it wasn't, was it previously a step up in basis? Wasn't it that you inherited and now you... Or am I thinking about a different type of tax? Maybe I'm yeah, thinking you're thinking a tax, true inheritance tax. tax IRS stuff. Um, okay. For us, got we're it, just solely it. dedicated towards what are the tax, the property tax implications for property our property tax. Sorry, so it will get reassessed, right? So the bottom line is based on the new unless you do laws, multiple steps, you're moving into the property it. and right. it's not going to be over a million dollars. Okay. As far as your exemption, then it's going to be reassessed or partially reassessed. Okay. But the majority, and again, came down to lobbyists of realtors want sales to happen. And you know, right. if your property, your parents' house went from two hundred thousand dollars assessed value to now three million dollars, you know, you're not going to gotcha. be able to afford that increase in property taxes. Does this apply even with a trust? Yes. Yep. Any change okay. of ownership? Well, I look. I think as maybe as realtors. We feel that you inherit a house, odds are you probably are going to sell it anyways. So maybe that that property tax, I mean, you don't have to, obviously you can do two things with it you, or multiple things with it. You can move into it, which it sounds like now you're, you have some exemption or you could sell it or you could rent it. So if you rent it, you're going to hurt because you're going to have that property, that higher property tax because they're going to reassess you. And if you sell it, then the next person has to deal with it. But yeah, exactly. Anyways. Now, those are the scenarios. I just want I just wanted to lay them out for you in case you were confused about what <laughs> oh, to I do was not confused. with your inherited house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What did I want to ask you? Okay, let me ask you this. So, well, I want to ask you a couple of things. One is you described a situation where property values go down and you can you you can appeal to reassess and that makes sense. You can show comps they've they've been going down and down and down. That hasn't seemingly been the case for the last many, many years because property values just keep going up. So you guys must build a different sort of case. Can you kind of talk about how you might convince the assessor that the property is lower when property values just keep going up and up? So looking at this, there's always different segments. So we have the single family market has just gone through the roof. I mean, it was always gradually going up from 2012 was about the bottom of the market, really strong increases. We had all those frantic buyers in 2014 through 16. And then this most recent one in 2020 through 2021, even more frantic and interest rates being as low as they are. So I definitely agree on the single family. We have not seen a decline in value. When looking Mm -hmm. at multifamily and investment properties, though, 2018, we saw the lowest cap rates in the market. And since then, we have seen gradual increases in the cap rates. Every 100 basis points approximately is about a million dollars in savings. So seeing properties that were being purchased, you know, let's just say a multifamily property as an example, being purchased at a three and a quarter cap, and then going to a four and a quarter cap, even with the rents going up, that property will have savings. If we look at just the overall markets doing great and everything, what we typically will focus on is off-market purchases. So there is a carve out in the state law and the revenue and taxation code that if a property is not listed on market, the assessor's office can enroll whatever value they feel is appropriate. Meaning if I sell you a property for a dollar, obviously it's not worth a dollar and they're going to put whatever appropriate value is. 
But take that on larger scale, when someone's buying a property, say a realtor just has a pocket listing or an off-market listing and, and knows the seller and you know places it internally with someone that's on their, their buyer list, that property majority of the time will not be enrolled. So you buy a property for $2 million and then all of a sudden the assessor's office is going to say, hey, you got a sweet deal on that. We're going to put $3 million on. So we do a lot of base year appeal on off-market purchases and taking a look at what is the actual fair market value and, and should that purchase price actually be enrolled. What do you mean by enrolled when you say enrolled? What does that mean? Yes. So that Prop 13 is always setting what your basis is. So you want your basis to be as low as possible because that's where the 2% increase is going to go. If you bought mm-hmm. it for $2 million and they say it's $3 million, all of a sudden you're paying anywhere between ten dollars to $12,000 more a year just in property taxes. And that goes up every single year. Right. So enrolled means what is the basis they set for you? Essentially, exactly. that's your yep. baseline. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Is there a cap on that? That two year, two percent um, per year. Yeah, for property. And there's no cap on that. That's that is the cap. It's two percent. That it yeah. That's increase. why. That's why if you bought a property thirty years ago, you don't want to. You don't ever want to move. Right. Right. Because your property taxes are so low. You bought that property for a hundred thousand dollars and your property taxes are based on that hundred thousand dollars plus the little 2% increment every year, which is very little. While if somebody now buys that home for a million bucks, the property tax is going to be whatever, whatever it is, 10 times as much. I mean, it's, it's significant. Got it. So the 2% is just on the actual tax basis. Original. And then it just trends and compounds annually. Yeah. Uh Okay. Yeah, so having, still the, seems having like the lowest get basis is everything. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, right. live or die type of thing yeah. for most people. You know, when you buy a property, you're expecting and- to pay what you bought it for. And mm-hmm, a lot of times mm-hmm. you have that sticker shock of maybe you did get a deal. You know, it really impacts. Do most consumers seek you out or are you introduced through realtors? Where does your business come yeah, from? Yeah, so we do uh, a variety. Obviously, we, we do mailers and inform people. Um, we, and love doing these types of discussions, but I would say the majority actually comes through broker and realtor referrals. You know, it's good to be on that yeah. front line. They're representing their clients. And this kind of sets certain realtors apart from the guys that just sell and on to the next. The more that you offer to your clients ongoing services, the more reasons you can reach out and talk to them, whether it's, hey, let me help you out with your property taxes, or hey, if you're going to be doing that addition, Here's some avenues for you. Those are the realtors that when it does come time to sell or relist or whatever the circumstance is, that seller is thinking of that person. Hey, they've looked out for me throughout yeah. the whole time that I've owned this property rather than just, hey, you got into your dream home on to, on to the next. Right. Can you imagine a, if a realtor like reached out to you as a, An owner. a, as a client of theirs, mm-hmm. just being like, hey, I noticed that your property values went down. I think we can actually yeah. get an appeal to get your tax basis Save lower. Save you money. Like, Oh yeah, my huge. gosh, that would it's go huge. so, yeah, that's all it's, relationship. It's the biggest too. bill yeah. that most people have on their property. I mean, it's, it's up there with your mortgage, you know, for the majority. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to yeah. save on that, it makes a big difference. I mean, you guys might start to get busy with single family, right? Because from what I'm hearing, at least in LA, values might be down 20% in some areas already. Yeah, so we, we see different types of trends. And the first is I don't have to sell. So I rather just, take my property off market. That is always step mm-hmm. one in any pre-casting of a recession. It's the holdouts of, all right, it would have been nice to get this top dollar. It's not going to happen. Let me pull it off. Phase two is people that overexpanded, overbought, or whatever the circumstances, lifestyle changes, job changes, 
market's changing. I now have to sell my property because I can't afford to live in this four or 5,000 square foot house. I need to move to something more realistic. I don't care what the price is. I just got to get out of here. That's always step two. Yeah. And step three, obviously, is foreclosures, your missing payments, REOs. I'm not saying that we're necessarily going to get to that point because it's very different than 2008, 2007, 8, 9 is right. our interest rates for the most part, for the majority, you know, 80% of people are at their absolute historic lowest. Whereas we saw in 2007, 8, it's all these adjustable rates that went from Right. 3%, 4% to 7 to 8 to 9% overnight, that's where people got in the spine. So it will be interesting. We are yeah. seeing that first step of, all right, days on markets longer. I'm not getting the immediate chomp bites of multiple offers. I'll just take it off the market and wait it out. It's, yeah. we'll see how many people are actually able to wait it out, which they needed to move. So we'll see. It's uh, 2023 is going to be a very interesting year. Right. Yeah, it sure will. Somebody, Elliot, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that somebody can appeal their their tax assessment, their property tax assessment on their own. Um, but obviously you guys do this service. Kind of tell me about why it makes sense to use somebody like you guys, or if, if somebody wants to do it on their own, what the challenges might be, or could they do it? Definitely can attempt to do it on your own. I mean, we get so many clients where they've already filed, they've already started to go through the process and they realize the hurdles and entry is a barrier. I mean, this is a full court case. There is two benches. There is the assessor's office coming in prepared and we come in prepared. You have three judges that are hearing this, understanding the mm -hmm. comp range, understanding what adjustments to make, how the board of equalization guidelines are. It's not as simple as just saying, hey, I think it went down. This right. is real-time dollars and the assessor's office wants to keep the value as high as possible. And the same reason that gotcha. you have a good lawyer and, and good other professional services is they add value. So mm -hmm. as a great example, and we do track these numbers too, let's just say that the assessor's office agrees, hey, you know what, we'll knock off 5% from your role value. Well, I can almost guarantee you that that 5% probably should have been either 10 to 15 to 20%. So we can track these margins where the assessor's office may have offered some sort of concession to the taxpayer. Yeah. Then we're engaged. And then all of a sudden they see three to four times the amount of refund that they would have gotten. Yeah. Unfortunately, they'll always try to take advantage of a consumer who might not have that depth of knowledge. Like when I, I had a, you know, issue where my cabin flooded and I had to work, you know, with insurance on that and they gave me a certain amount of money and I was introduced to a public adjuster. I didn't even know those existed. And they can fight on your behalf to get you more money from the start, but more money in general. And they did. Yeah. And like, it was definitely worth it because it was money I, I wouldn't have known how to get on my own. So like, yeah, you can, unless you become an expert overnight, like how are you supposed to do that for yourself? I don't know. I'm a big fan these days of just hiring an expert. I, I know my limitations and I'm always willing to learn, but like... You're like your barista. You have to employ the right people for the job. Yeah, you know? your coffee barista. Is like I, your... I make my own drip coffee. Oh, you're yeah. an expert at you coffee. Know? Yeah. Well, if that's what uh, my barista huh? would do is make drip coffee. Yeah, I think I could handle that. Your, your Keurig <laughs> is your barista. And for us, there's no fee. I mean, unless we're successful in reducing it, our goals are in line. So we want our clients yeah. to have the lowest basis. And if we can get it there, then great. We're all winning. You take a cut, like how, how, or how does the fee work yeah, based on In general, it always depends on the property size, how many properties that uh -huh. individual has and, and what the circumstances are. But typically between 35 to 50% of the savings, depending on 
what the projected refund would be. Um, in general, you think right. every $100,000 is about a $1,000 refund. So if we can save you $500,000, you're, you're roughly about $5,000 refund coming back. We track it. We make sure that uh, you actually get the money, which, man, between the assessor's office and the auditor's office, it is sometimes extremely painful. You win the case and you think, hooray, we're done. And then there's another four or five <laughs> month delay with huh. this bureaucracy right. internally. But, but you're going to get the refund plus you're going to have that basis moving forward. Right. So that's that's the real advantage. So that's the, yeah, that's a, actually a mis, misconception. So two okay. different types of appeals. So we have decline in value, okay. markets changing, things are going down. It is actually proving for that specific year that the values are lower than whatever your assessed value is. That is a one-time reduction perspective relief for that certain year. So right now we're in the okay. 2023 tax year. If we can show that it is lower, they would be getting a refund just for their 2023 tax year. That doesn't carry over to the future. Oh, wow. So a base year appeal is setting your basis. You know, there's something that happened uh -huh. at time of transfer or at time of purchase. So that's much better because then you have that basis moving forward. Correct. But is that, is that not mostly what you, the, the kind of cases you're taking on? You're taking on a, just a one-year appeal? So the decline in value year. would be just a, an annual appeal saying, hey, we disagree right. that the property value is what you have it at and it in fact should be lower. Sure. You know, base year appeals is whenever a property is purchased or there's new construction. So if someone wants to keep appealing because the values just keep going down, they kind of have to do it every year. Yeah. I, majority of the clients that, that right? we have, we've had for 10 plus years and they love it because we'll just keep fighting and getting it down. Every year is a new game because you have new comps. You know, the market is changing on Got an it. annual basis. So some properties that had 30, 40% loss in value, maybe as of recent now, it's only five to 10%. You know, it's, each year you're appealing yeah. to see what hmm. that January 1st date value should be. Interesting. It's harder to get that base year reassessed. Is that right? To get that your transaction value down so that you have it going forward. Is that right? They're definitely the most contested. So the assessor's office recognizes mm -hmm. that too, where anytime that's on, on the agenda coming up, they're going to allocate all their resources to making sure <laughs> should that in fact be reduced. And if they're not going to agree to it, then it does go forward in front of uh, the appeals court. Wow. Yeah. We're at a point where How did you about get... 80 to 85% of cases now go forward. Oh, wow. Okay. How did you get into this niche market? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely a niche market. I, I would say I had no idea what property taxes were when <laughs> you know I originally started. And I think it took uh, my mom about three to four years of me explaining it and still probably doesn't get it. She's like, yeah, he's in real estate. You know, maybe he sells houses. Right. I don't really know. Uh -huh. You know, right place, right time. I started in 2009. Market was on fire. Um, I graduated from Cal Lutheran here in, in Thousand Oaks and... Met someone that was uh, successful in real estate. They were talking about property taxes. I said, sure, I have no idea what you're talking about, but take me under your wing. Let's give it a shot. And here we are 13 years later and was fortunate enough that I took over the company and leading in the right direction. And in general, we do anywhere between 4 to $6 billion of real estate a year. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's wow. definitely a niche. You, you work with a lot of personalities. LA County, Orange County, all Southern California. We do all of California and Nevada which, you know, we get into a whole different tax law when you go out of state too. So it's been, it's been really yeah. fun. It's been rewarding. It's, it's very challenging and it's good. It keeps you stimulated. Yeah. Okay. And you were telling us that there's now, 
you can do court via Zoom oh, or COVID, whatever. COVID was the best thing in the world that could possibly <laughs> happen in this uh, archaic system. So no longer going downtown yeah. and working out of a basement, which is literally what it is. And we can do everything right. from Zoom. Courts are uh, all digital now. No more paper waste. It's just, it's, it's a pretty good efficient system now. Oh, that's amazing. But you're all business and suit, you know, <laughs> yeah. from the waist up and sweats from board the waist yeah. down, I assume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tie on top, board shorts. Just uh-huh. like a one-piece suit that has oh. like a shirt that clips in on the other side. Oh, I thought you were thinking like a suit onesie. Um, yeah, kind, I mean, kind of. <laughs> but at least if it clips in on the on the front end. When your suit has feets, feeties, <laughs> you know, you're... Yeah, you figured life out. Like You've got it figured out. Let me ask you one last thing here. So I'm looking at your website, Elliot, and you have reasons to appeal. And we've talked about a few of them, but maybe cover some specifics or describe these a little further on the ones we haven't covered. So we've covered reduced base years, decline in value. Talk about COVID. New construction. New, cons- new construction. But the other items are ownership issues, loss of income, and calamity. Maybe the pandemic cut. calamity? We tried. Tax agents tried to <laughs> lobby for, because it, it just opens up the door for d- different types of relief for taxpayers. Um, ultimately, right. the assessor's office uh, batted that away. So uh-huh. that was that door, that carve out in the law, unfortunately, did not apply for COVID. But COVID had real-time impacts. So what we saw for apartments, as a, as a great example, is deferred rents, concessions, people inability to pay, expenses going up. These have real-time trickle-down numbers to what your value of your property would be. If your collections are down 20 to 30%, what is the value mm-hmm. of your property? We represent a good amount of hospitality properties in the Disneyland corridor. Those properties, they were making a million to $2 million a month. And then all of a sudden, state-mandated shutdowns, stay-at-home orders, zero income, and now you're carrying all those expenses. So we look at this on a discount cash flow. What was the impact of COVID? How long did it take to get back up and running? And what is the true market value loss? And so we'll quantify that office buildings, multifamily, hospitality. We're still seeing the trickle effects of COVID, especially office. It gave people a good sense of working from home, doing this you know, remote, everything on Zoom. Getting people back in the office is not just about that specific business, but it's actually about real estate. So what are, what's happening in the market with vacancies on office buildings? What's the lease up? We are seeing continue softening the market for commercial office buildings. And I think that will yeah. continue through 2023 and 2024 as well. So, Gotcha. What's your success rate, would you say? Roughly, I would say we're between clients. 90 to 95%. You know, we do a really good job oh, wow. about making sure that we're taking on clients. We'll do the due diligence on walking through mm-hmm. either the real estate agent or the actual client on, does this property have savings? So how we work with real yeah. estate agents and brokers, they'll send over their recent transactions within the last two to three years. We'll go through, we'll identify, hey, by the way, you may not have known this, but this property, they didn't enroll the purchase price. You know, you, you sold it to your client for 2 million bucks. They put 3 million on. You reach out to the client, let them know that you're offering this and we will make sure that we're taking care of it and appealing and going through the right process. So we'll do these large portfolio reviews for agents and brokers and just give them the feedback. And then 
ultimately they look like the hero to their client. And we like having that type of relationship. Keep it on the wholesale. Let them be able to yeah. speak with their clients. They're looking great. And we're ultimately saving them money. I know a lot of what you do is is commercial. So I'm glad that you touched on it because it's it's really interesting. Yeah, we do we do everything. And and if we don't necessarily do it, uh, I take the time to learn it. So then I'm ready by court time. I mean, we, we've even done avocado ranches where you get into like how the income stream oh. works of how many harvested avocados oh. you get and what the cycles are. And every two years or three years, you get a peak cycle. And it's there's just it's fun because it's mentally challenging. You know, it's, it's I'm a broker yeah. as well. We do private lending. And, you know, that's right. kind of just quick, get it done, fast, hard money. But this is like, you really have to know your stuff. And if you don't, you're going to be put on blast in front of people that are making the decision. <laughs> Do you need an appraiser? Like, is that part of this process? So great question. And it's different than having an appraisal. Maybe one other thing that we could add mm-hmm. in is this doesn't, having a reduction does not impact your refi. We are only looking at, are your property taxes correct? Because that's probably the other most mm-hmm. common question as well. I'm going to refi and doesn't impact it if I'm going to sell. And we always look at January 1st. So that's our event date is what is the value as of January 1st? Anything that happens after that, it's really irrelevant. It's just what is the value either at the day that you purchased it or January 1st of each year. But no, no appraisal. Uh, the, the way that this is no done appraiser. is it, it's a different format. So they'll say, okay. hey, but I have this appraisal. And I'm like, look, that's nice. I'll use the pictures, but that's about it. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. That was incredibly informative. There's just there's a lot I, there's a lot to know. There really it's, is. It's dense. Hire an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on today, Elliot. Yeah, my pleasure. It's Thanks great for to having learn me. with it's, you. It's a lot of Thank fun. you. Be well. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at larealtorpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.